WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant in the newsroom. I mean, it's green. The closure of the Palisades Nuclear Power Plant in Van Buren County will affect all three counties in the area with the loss of 215 jobs in Van Buren County and a total of 406 jobs in the Tri-County area. University of Michigan Economic Growth Institute Senior Project Manager Carmen Wells Quigg gave an update today on the most recent draft of the assessment portion of the Palisades Economic Recovery Plan. She says the closing of Palisades will also affect housing. Possible mitigation opportunities would be diversifying the housing stock, um, expanding connectivity and Internet access, uh, and expanding possible other opportunities um, to retain and sustain young people in the area um, who could fulfill um, some of the housing stock uh, that's available in the area. She says that they'll continue to take questions and comments emailed to palisades at marketvanburen.org until February 28th. They've worked with the Southwest Michigan Planning Commission, Conexus, Michigan Works, of Berrien, Cass, and Van Buren, and Market Van Buren in their research over the past year. Three members of the Lincoln Township Fire Department have earned life-saving awards. They received the awards at their annual appreciation dinner on a Saturday. Chief Brandon Chiarello, Firefighter George Gonder, and Firefighter Christian Nitz earned the awards for their efforts to save an individual who was trapped under a guardrail during an icy crash on I-94 late last year. The crash occurred December 9th when a multi-vehicle collision involving two semis and another vehicle caused the highway to close for several hours. The Van Buren County Sheriff's Department is investigating after an upstart brewery in Goebbels was severely vandalized last week. Dirtbag Brewing Company owner Ryan Long tells us he's been working for years to launch a brew pub and events center on farm property he owns along the Calhaven Trail. Last week, three juveniles trashed the place, which is still under construction. Long says they broke every window and door, ransacking the inside of the building and destroying a van. You know, it seems pretty personal and a malicious attack. I mean, especially for three local high school kids. Obviously, they're, you know, they didn't have any supervision or any parental guidance. And especially the fact that they went there three separate days. Long says that he had hoped to be able to hold some events at the brewery by the summer. However, that's now on hold. I definitely don't have the funds or any means to even cover that. We planned on doing, you know, concrete and the rest of the siding and the septic and moving forward with other things. And now everything's pretty much at just a standstill. Long estimates the damage at $100,000 and says he has no way to pay it. He's a contractor and has been building the business himself with the hope of switching careers. All is now on hold. Police have identified the three juveniles responsible. Meanwhile, a GoFundMe has been launched to help Dirtbag Brewing recover. We have a link to it at our website. Harbor Shores Golf Course in Benton Harbor has been ranked the number nine golf course in the country. According to Golfer's Choice, which compiles user reviews into a ranking, the Jack Nicholas Signature Course ranked up there with classics like TPC Sawgrass and Monolani Resort in Hawaii. Also making the list was Stonegate Golf Club just outside Muskegon. Seven courses in Michigan made the top 50 according to Golf Pass users. Golf Digest previously named Michigan one of the best golf destinations in the world, and the sport contributes more than $4 billion each year to the state's economy. Veterans who are feeling suicidal now have a new benefit to help them recover. Brian Pagowski with the Veterans Administration in Battle Creek tells us the Veterans Comprehensive Prevention Access to Care and Treatment Act just kicked in this month. With it, qualifying veterans can go to any healthcare facility 
at the VA or in the community for free emergency health care and receive inpatient or crisis residential care for up to 30 days, as well as outpatient care for up to 90 days. Bogowski says veterans need help just like anyone else. There is a, a rate of about 17 veterans per day nationwide that attempt or commit suicide, so it is important to make sure we continue to raise awareness. Bogowski says that a veteran using the benefits should make it known to the provider they have served their country and also contact the VA. We encourage veterans to find out what services they are eligible for before they're in crisis to make sure they understand the benefits and health care they have earned and how to utilize it. The mental health services required by a qualifying veteran could be extended beyond the initial benefit period. Anyone experiencing a suicidal crisis can call 899 and then press 1 to be connected with help. This Saturday will bring the 600th episode of The Coaches Show here on WSJM. Hosts Phil McDonald and Brett Witkowski have been chatting it up on Saturday mornings with local athletics coaches for well over a decade. Phil tells us he didn't even know the milestone was coming. When Brett texted me and said, hey, our 600th episode is coming up, I had no idea. I mean, it does not seem like it's the 600 shows at all. Phil says he loves getting up on Saturday mornings and talking with coaches, often the very morning after their teams played. The coaches don't seem to mind either. Whenever an invitation goes out to a coach, unless they have a game with sometimes it happens, if they don't, they will jump at the opportunity. I hope they enjoy being on the show. I think they do. But they realize that it's an opportunity to talk about their kids and talk about their team. Phil says a standout moment from the coach's show was interviewing Elliot Uzelak when he came to coach St. Joseph football. The coach's show actually started on another station with different hosts but moved to WSJM. This Saturday's show will be the 600th with just Phil and Brett hosting. Phil says they're not getting sick of each other. You can tune in on Saturday at 8 a.m. And Congressman Tim Wahlberg has introduced legislation intended to help catch human traffickers. The Enhancing Detection of Human Trafficking Act would ensure the Department of Labor employees receive training to recognize instances of human trafficking and refer the cases to police. Wahlberg's office says, according to data from the National Human Trafficking Hotline, more than 295 cases of human trafficking were identified with 429 victims in those cases in Michigan in 2021 alone. Wahlberg says the crime happens right in our backyard, and he's proud to work with colleagues on bipartisan legislation to address it. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. The search for the motive behind the shooting massacre at a Los Angeles area ballroom dance hall has led police to a mobile home community. Police say Hu Khan Tran killed 10 people at a Monterey Park dance hall and attempted a shooting later at another club before taking his own life. More from ABC. Investigators are learning a lot about the suspect in Saturday's shooting at a Lunar New Year celebration in Monterey Park, California. ABC's Aaron Katursky says there may have been trouble in his home life. Acquaintances are also saying that he never really seemed to have deep connections with anybody. He seems to have been a trucker for for much of his working life, uh, seems to have been divorced at the time of the shooting. Although some other acquaintances were telling us in in our station KABC that he had trouble at home, maybe with a wife or an ex-wife, but it seems like he's been divorced since 2006, at least according to public records. The shooter went to another ballroom, but he was stopped by Brandon Say, an employee of the family-owned business. The shooter starts prepping his weapon, and something came over me. I had this realization that I needed to grab 
his weapon. I needed to take control of the situation. The suspect died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as authorities closed in on him. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Poland's prime minister says his government will ask Germany for permission to send some of the Polish army's leopard tanks to Ukraine. The prime minister is pushing Europe to send more military hardware to Kiev amid complaints Germany is being too slow in helping to thwart Russia's invasion. The PM did not specify when the request will be made. He said Poland is building a coalition of nations ready to send German-built Leopard 2 battle tanks to Ukraine. Poland needs the consent of Germany to send them to a non-NATO country. But the prime minister said Warsaw will make its own decisions even if Germany doesn't grant permission. The Capitol rioter photographed putting his feet up on former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's desk has been convicted of the attack. ABC's Andy Field is the latest. Richard Barnett claims he was just looking for a bathroom during the January 6th riot and somehow wandered into Nancy Pelosi's office where he was seen in her desk chair with his feet up on the desk. The jury, not believing that, convicting him on all eight counts connected with the insurrection including felony civil disorder and obstructing the Electoral College vote count. A judge will sentence him in May, but Barnett insists he did nothing wrong and will appeal. A former high-ranking FBI counterintelligence official has been indicted on charges that he helped a Russian oligarch in violation of U.S. sanctions. Charles McGonigal was the former special agent in charge of the FBI's counterintelligence division in New York. He's accused in an indictment unsealed today of working with a former Soviet diplomat-turned-Russian interpreter on behalf of the Russian oligarch. He supervised investigations of Russian oligarchs before retiring in 2018. Amid ongoing questions about President Biden's handling of classified information, Republican House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer is now trying to get access to Secret Service information from the president's home in Delaware. Morph maybe sees Elizabeth Schulze. After news, the FBI searched President Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, and found yet another batch of classified documents. The Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee is asking the Secret Service to turn over any information it has on visitors to the home. Congressman James Comer had asked for visitor logs, but the White House said no such records exist. Now Comer says he wants any records the Secret Service keeps on visitors to sites that it protects. Comer is giving the agency until February 6th to turn over any files. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington. Elon Musk returned to federal court today in San Francisco to testify in a class action lawsuit filed by Tesla investors alleging that he misled them with a tweet. The tweet resulted in a $40 million settlement with securities regulators, claimed that he had lined up for the financing to take Tesla private in a deal that never came close to happening. The trial hinges on the question of whether a couple of tweets that Musk posted on August 7th of 2018 damaged Tesla shareholders during a 10-day period leading up to a Musk admission the buyout he had envisioned wasn't going to happen. Voters are weighing in on whether embattled New York Congressman George Santos should resign. ABC's Derek Dennis has more. In the ongoing saga surrounding New York Republican Congressman George Santos, exposed for lying about his resume and personal background, a new poll from Siena College shows what voters think. 59% of registered New York voters say Santos should resign, 17% say he shouldn't, and 23% say they don't know or have no opinion. Along party lines, 64% of Democrats want Santos to resign, while nearly half of Republicans want his resignation too. So far, Santos has rejected any notion of leaving office, even after a formal House ethics complaint filed by Democrats. Derek Dennis, ABC News, New York. U.S. health officials want to make COVID-19 vaccinations more like the annual flu shot. The Food and Drug Administration today proposed a simplified approach so most adults and children would get a once-a-year shot. Americans would no longer have to keep track of how many shots they've received or when. 
The proposal comes as boosters have become a hard sell. The FDA is asking a panel of outside vaccine experts to weigh in on the new approach at a meeting on Thursday. The agency will present the data suggesting most Americans have enough protection to move to a once-a-year shot. And some beloved candy characters seem to be out of a job for some reason. ABC's Jason Nathanson explains. If you love those M&M spokes candies, today might be a dark chocolate day. It just looks like my milk chocolate is showing. The candy brand announcing that the candy characters are going on indefinite hiatus. M&M saying in a statement that recent changes to the characters' footwear and other things became polarizing. And that's the last thing they want since M&Ms are all about bringing people together. The Talking Chocolate's being put on pause with actress Maya Rudolph as the new face of the brand. In the past year, the female characters ditched their boots and high heels for more sensible footwear, and some, including Fox News' Tucker Carlson, called the move, quote, less sexy and too woke. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.